you have any questions, you have any doubt, if you have like things you've tried or things that work for you, please do share it with us because it's the, the what we want is like to have a conversation, even though we are not in person together. Uh, like the we have like the, the chat in order to interact with each other. And I will say like this pill um, is the first part of the pill I did in the past, like the fourth that was about inbound recruiting. So today will be like the, the first part like about how to build the employer brand. And then I will recommend you if you haven't watched it uh, to, to watch the, the, the other pill that is about inbound recruiting, which is the continuation, the continuation of it. So um, without further ado, uh, I think we can introduce Miki the, the correct framework a little bit. So we, we, we can explain the different, oops, we can explain the different uh, parts that we've been doing uh, because we've been seeing different parts of this quiet web, uh, framework and today we're seeing like the second part. So if you want to introduce it, you are on mute. Yeah. Hello everybody. Thanks for the, for the intro, Tony. And thank you everyone for, for joining us in this journey of creating a better, better world of work. Um, so this is a framework. Um, as you guys know, there's the three pillars. There's the discovery, the hiding, and the management. So first of all, the discovery is where we, um, as companies, understand who we are. So we get our purpose and we get our fit. And by that, we, by that, we mean uh, understanding what's our reason for existing and at the same time, what are our values and what capabilities do we really need to, to make a difference and to get to our mission. So that's first, we need to really understand who we are as companies. Sometimes it's a given. It feels like it's taken for granted, but sometimes it's, it's, it's fair to dedicate some extra time of, to really understand this. Because when we really understand this, then we can go out there and try to attract the people, not the best people in general, but the best people for us. Um, so that's what, that's what we can do when we really understand each other. Um, and then once we attract these people that really fit with us, we need to make sure that we start with the right foot. And in our terms, starting with the right foot means establishing these partnerships based on trust and mutual value and benefit um, so that it doesn't feel like it's an unbalanced relationship where what matters is the company and then the, the, the people are you know, just there because they need to contribute to the company, but this doesn't go the other way around. No? So it's this balanced mutual value relationship and then once we've done this, we know who we are, we attracted the right people, and we established these value relationships with them. We then gotta set up the steps for them to be successful, no? And that purpose and that fit that we got at the beginning, we gotta give it. So we gotta make sure that we keep developing people, we gotta make sure that we enable them through a management style that is um, designed for the digital and information age, not for you know, whatever was before, not for the industrial revolution, um, not for a time where inputs were more important, where efficiency was more important. Now the paradigm changed. Now it's creativity, it's staying ahead of the competition and, and keeping up with a world that is changing so fast that we gotta make sure that we let people create, we give them that space, we empower them to create. And at the same time, we, we ensure that by doing that, and we allow them to, to feel like owners so that we don't have one founder or one owner of a company. We have, you know, as many owners as employees. So I think that that's the, that's the key, not just because we want to be nice to them and be kind. And, you know, we have this utopia around that also because we want to be successful as a company and we want to get to our mission and we, don't, and we want society 
to advance thanks to the contributions of, of the different companies that compose it. No? So that's our framework. Today, we're focusing on, after we understood who we are, attracting the right people to us. All yours, Tony. So now we'll see how we build uh, this employer branding, which is like, I think it's it's key for any company. And and we'll go, we'll go step by step about how to do it. So to define, or to give a, a definition about what is uh, employer branding, for me will be like, it's the same as branding. What is branding? The promise we do to the clients about how will be our product or our service. So employer branding is exactly the same. It's the promise we make to someone about how it's going to be working in our company. So I'll always I say like, okay, as a company, uh, we have like two, two main goals or two main uh, targets or two main customers, let's say this way. So we have one customer that is the one who is paying our services or is paying our products or buying our products. But the other one, and probably comes, probably no, it comes first. And I think it's the interesting part because what we talk about today and, and all the in the quiet sessions is not just for the HR department. I think it's uh, for, for everyone in the company, but also like for CEOs. Yesterday we were talking about this with the CEOs, like, okay, I see now the importance of having the best people. So I want to learn about how do I attract these people and how I keep them engaged. So this is the part to do it. Like how I keep, how do I attract the best people? Today we're going to see it. And, and, and also like how do I keep them engaged with my company? At the end it's like uh, being true to, to, this, to this promise, no? So employer branding is the promise we make to the people about the experience they will live in our company. Not what they're going to be doing. The experience they will live when they're going to be working in our company. So how do we define this? How do we define like this experience? How do we define what is our employer brand? No, because when we talk about employer brand, a lot of times we, it's a lot, a bit, a bit fuzzy, this word. Now everybody understands some stuff. Oh, it's a cool pictures about the company. It's uh, the career side. It's, no, this is not what branding is. If we talk about brands, it's like brands are not like a website. Are not, they are not pictures. It's a concept that needs to be built and needs to be uh, communicated. We need to communicate it. But to, in order to define what is our employer brand, because either we work on it, either we build it, either we communicate it, we already have a brand. All the brands have already a brand. They can, they can be like without, with a little meaning or they can be with a big meaning. No? Everybody understands the, the values behind a brand. So here's the same. So how do we define it? First, we need to establish What's our purpose? What's our company purpose? That is the same for the customers and for our teams of people. So it's, it's the same, why do we exist? Now we're gonna be talking about this. And also Alex in previous sessions, he's been talking about uh, this purpose. So we need it again, because I think it's like the cornerstone of our projects. It's like, or the, like the, the, the main reason our company exists. Second will be like our candidate personas. This is the same with our business. When we create a company, we know who is our target. No, we know who is our ideal customers. That we have to define this. We, what are the, our ideal customers? In this case, when we are talking about people, when you are talking about our teams, we, we, we transform it into candidate personas. And third, with this information, when we create the, our employee value proposition, which is then is like the value proposition. As a company, when you start a service, when you start a company, you have a value proposition for your customers. So here's the same, you're, you're, you're selling a product that is working in your company. So you have a promise for them, that's your employer branding, and you need a value proposition in order to convince them to work for you 
and also uh, to keep buying from you, which is like uh, to keep working with you and with your project. So now we're gonna dip in every 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 single step. So my first question to you, and I would love if you are in the chat, of either in YouTube or in LinkedIn, if you can um, if you can answer, is like what if your company didn't have to make money? Because at the end, money for me and with, like taking it from Simon Sinek is the is the result, is the gasoline, is the fuel that makes our company running. It's why it will exist? Why your company will exist if it didn't have to make money? What is the main reason? Why you? What is the purpose at the end of your company? Do you know it? Like, if you make your, yourself this person, it's like, oh, why my company exists? Sometimes when the companies are small or they are recently created, they, they have it really clear why they exist. But, but sometimes big corporate companies, they become super financial that they forget or they don't know why uh, why they exist, what's, what's their purpose, no? what's, what's their cause, what's their belief. So, and, and Alex in the, in the first masterclass we did, he's, he's talking about the purpose and how we can define a purpose. So I, I would suggest you to, to watch this talk, but I would love if you in the chat can, if you know the purpose of your company, you can you can share it. That will be cool. But the first thing we need to define is our purpose. Because what, what we see, and it was like a study from LinkedIn, I'd say it's like two out of three people uh, expects to join a company or the one they think about changing projects to have like a meaningful purpose. So people want that. People want to know about the culture, want to know about the values, and want to know about the purpose. So if we don't have it, that is one piece that we're missing. So Miguel, Miguel is, is sharing with us that uh, to transform Africa by developing 3 million young and entrepreneurial leaders. So he is explaining the, the purpose and also like how they want to achieve this purpose. No? So um, at the end it's like why your company exists. Do we have it clear? So we need to define this. I talk to someone, maybe talk to the founders, why they created the company in the first place. So that, that's uh, in order to, uh, cre to create this, this purpose, this statement, and, but it has to be to be real, no? So, and then you need to communicate this purpose because this purpose is what will make people join you no matter what, or will people will make and will attract people that believe what you believe and will keep people engaged because they are passionate about what you do, no? Uh, so, uh, yeah, Ines, Ines also is, is sharing the purpose of his com her company. is like to connect talent with companies. He will say like, for what? What is like, what you want to achieve? That is what almost what you do is like that is like for our purpose and it's it's really good example Ines thank you for sharing because but at the end it's like that's what we do that is what we connect people by doing this this and, and how we do it but at the end what is their purpose okay we want to for instance my purpose my personal purpose with my company is like I want people to be happier at their work what is purpose is like we want to transform uh, the the way people work in order to People have more meaningful life and companies thrive in order to want what, the, what they want to achieve in order to have like a more impact in society, a positive impact in society. So this is what we want to achieve. Will we achieve it? Will, will I will achieve that everybody is happy at their job? No, but this is my direction. When, whenever we start initiatives, and I don't want to be talking a lot about this because Alex already talked about this, but at the end it's like, why do we do this? Why do we connect people? Why do we want to transform Africa in order to what so that will be our main purpose our main cause as why we exist no and I want to show you examples and I want to show you a controversial example about like the the, the, the power of 
of this when you attract talent. That is the, the Tesla example. I, I, I'm gonna put it like in, in, in big. So when you go to their career site, the first thing they show to you, the first co the content that appear, that appears in a, one big image, and then it appears this Tesla's mission. And Tesla's mission, when you read it, it says like, oh, Tesla's mission is, like, is to accelerate the world's transition to a sustainable energy. And then he says like, oh, we hire the world's best and brightest people to make this future a reality. So at the end, it's like, if you believe, if you want to make uh, the world a transition to sustainable energy, you know, in order to be more sustainable, and you want, you want to make this a reality, Tesla could be your company. And we see this happening. And, and also Tesla is really, really famous because uh, it, it came out that the best engineers are working there. The best engineers in the world are, are going to work there, but they don't have the best working conditions. They work like super long hours in not a really well, really good conditions. They have a boss that they say it's a bit crazy. It's a lot of mass. So, and, and they are underpaid if they could, like they could be earning double, triple of what they earn, the salary, but they choose to work here because they know that here they can make it happen. And in other companies, they, they don't. So if they believe the purpose, the rest cannot, doesn't matter for them. So people join that. It's the same when you join a project that you don't have any salary and you join them just because you believe or there is something more than just a salary, just a working condition. So we need to communicate uh, this purpose. So Tesla, even though it's not as well known, for not having the best working conditions. People keep joining, keep, wants to work there because they are true to their purpose and the people feel that they are connected to that purpose. Another good example of this is, is uh, Airbnb. Airbnb, when you go to their career site, the same, when you go to the welcome, the first thing they explain to you is their mission. They want to create a world where anyone can belong anywhere. And in the business side, they are doing it. First, they were renting rooms and stuff like this. And now they created the, the experience stuff. So everything is related to the purpose. But also, like the people they want to hire, the people they want to attract, or the people who work there, really believe into in, with this purpose. They really believe into this uh, mission. You know? So you want people to believe what you believe and to join. And they will stay working with you because they are passionate about what they're doing. Not because you pay them more salary, not because they, you have a super nice office. It's because they believe what you believe and they will work for it because they will believe that this is the place to achieve the purpose they want to achieve as well. Okay, so enough about purpose. We have Alex talk about this. And now what do we need? And this is the part I love the most because I think this is the part where everybody uh, overlooks this part and, and, and everybody uh, kind of, um, I don't know, don't, don't go and work this. And in, in terms of marketing, in terms of sales, Everybody works on this really hard. Everybody knows it really well. But in terms of talent, um, or when we want to attract or when we want to uh, engage with our employees or our teams, we really tend to overlook this or we don't do this exercise. So at the end, we need to define what are our candidate personas. What is our candidate personas? The different types of talent we want to attract and we want to keep engaged in our company. And this is not defining, uh, oh, they need to have this experience, they need to have this knowledge, these skills. This is, this is like one side of it, but we don't, this doesn't help us to keep people engaged or to, be, or, or to sell or to attract people. So I want to give you a really simple ex example. So imagine like a, a, a sales guy from a car, like, I don't know, whatever, pick whatever car you want. And well, imagine like a family walks in, 
uh, the store and they say, oh, we want to see this car. So the sales guy, what, what, what does he or she does? They, they show the car, it's like, oh, look at the back of the car, it has a lot of space, you can put here like all the stuff for the baby, here you can put the chair of the baby, super secure, the car is super big, super nice. And then another person walks in, like imagine a young, like 22 year old single person, and what the sales guy does? He's like, oh, this car goes really fast, look at the audio, look how nice it is, how nice it looks. He adapts and he explains, and it's the same car, it's exactly the same car, but he adapts the explanation of the car, he adapts the value proposition of the car to depend the target he has, no? Because if he tried to explain the car the same way to everyone, that explanation won't be relevant. He won't be as successful as it is. So the same happened with the companies. We cannot explain how is it working in our company to the same way to everyone, because it probably, I know for sure, it won't be the same working in the IT department than working in the marketing department. They will value different stuff. Or imagine people or retail companies. It's not the same working in the stores than working in the headquarters and what the experience they will live, it's completely different. But it's the same company. Yes, it's the same company. But you need to adapt the value proposition to every every uh, different uh, talent you or, or kind of person you want to attract. Because what we do now is like, okay, when the hiring manager comes to us or where us as our directors and we define the profile, the profile we want to track. It's like, oh, they need to have this experience. They need to have uh, these, these skills. But it's the same if I go to a salespeople and I say, hey, you need to sell to CEOs from companies from 200 to 500 people, go sell this product. But they don't know why people buy the product. If I try, I'm trying to sell right now, I don't know, a Louis Vuitton bag, a 2,000 euro bag. I don't know what I will tell people. I know that I have to sell to people or to women that are 45 years old and they love fashion. And But I, I don't know what to tell them if to convince them to buy the product because I never bought that product and I will, I'm not thinking about buying this product. So I need to talk to customers. I need to talk to people who already bought that product in order to understand what they value to, in order to buy that product. So with these reasons, now I can go and be much more effective. So why do we need to create a candidate persona? First, to create an employee value proposition and an, an employee branding that is relevant. Okay, because the way we're creating right now the employer brand strategies, they're not relevant. We try to reach with one message, everyone. That's really difficult. That's really difficult in order to be relevant because we try to hire people from different departments what, and what they value is completely different between each other and we go with the same message. Or sometimes we don't even address that. We don't even talk about how is it working in the company. We talk straight to what will this person will be doing. And they are not engaged with your company. They are not attracted to, to what they're going to be doing. If not, how is it working in your company? Why they should join you, okay? Second, by doing this exercise and building our employer brand and applying the email recruiting methodology, but with this information, we will increase the ratio of adequacy of the candidates who apply to our job offers. Why? Because we, we put more relevant information in our job offers, in our job ads, in our content, because we know what they value. We talk straight, we, call, we talk directly about the stuff that people want to know, okay? And third, uh, we can convince better the candidates. When we talk to candidates on the phone, we know exactly why people work. Sometimes when I talk to IT people, they say like, oh, I don't like recruiters because they don't know what they're talking about. They cannot explain me the details. They go like, over this, they try, but 
That's because they never talk to IT guys. If they go talk to the IT people in their company and they explain everything about what they love in working there, how is it working there, now I'll show you the questions that you can do, then you are super well equipped to convince anyone to work in your company. And you don't have to, be, to, to believe in that. You don't have to think, oh, I will be working here or not. I've been lucky to work in contact centers, like for people who work in contact centers. And what happened, sometimes as, as recruiters, they were saying like, yeah, Tony, it's really difficult to convince people because I will never work in that position. Is that position not for you? This is not for you, but you need to understand why people is, why some people are happy working in this position. And you have to sell that. You have to explain that. Because as a, if we work with recruiters, recruiters, but I think everyone in our, on our company has to sell a product that is working in the company. And we have to sell that product. If we want the best talent, we have to keep selling. And once we have the, the people working with us, we have to keep selling the value proposition. We have to keep selling why it's cool to work with us. Because that's the same when you are with your girlfriend or boyfriend for five years, if you never talk about how cool it is until you break up, you don't realize how cool it was to be with that person. So we, as a company, we need to communicate this value proposition all the time in order to keep people engaged and, and to make them see how cool is working in our company. Okay, that is the benefits of doing the candidate persona. Now we will see how we do this. How do we do this? First is like asking questions. We need to ask our ideal candidate or our ideal people that we want to attract or we want to keep engaged. So I will say like, first, if we want to hire people from a profile that I already have in our company, imagine I want to hire tech, tech people and I have already an IT talent, an IT or we have developers or backends or we have salespeople, I don't care. Like whatever you want to hire, like go to that team and ask like, what is the people that we would like to clone? Because they're happy, they're engaged, and this is the kind of people we want in our company. And we go and we only ask them, okay? Because we want to know what makes them happy working there, what makes them engaged, because we already have people happy in our company. So I need to know why they're happy. And second, if we don't have this profile, imagine that, I don't know, I'm opening a new line or I'm hiring a, a VP of whatever, and I'll never hire a VP of, of this, and I don't know what they value. So I would ask people, if we go to LinkedIn to do headhunting, we, we, look, we look for VP of sales. So instead of saying, hey, I look at your profile and I want to do an interview with you, I would say, hey, I look at your profile. I think it's really cool. I'd love to talk to you so you can explain what you value in, in the project because I'm trying to hire you, someone like you, and I would love to have your input about why you value. I want to know your experience. Promise, I won't try to hire you. I just want to know what you think. And believe me, people love to talk about themselves. That works. And, and also then maybe you can convince them to work and to go and join your company, that that happened. But you need uh, to talk to them. You need, if I, if I now I start a company and I don't have any customer, what I need to do is to talk to, to my idea customers, to know what they value, to know what are their needs, and in order to create a really relevant value proposition. Because if I create a value proposition thinking, no, I already know what they think, and I never talk to them, my product, my value proposition won't be as successful as it could be. So the important here is like, we don't create these candidate persona profiles based on our ideas, based on our knowledge. I've been working in projects that the people, some, some HR people or some recruiters, they've been working with the same profile for 12 years, and they say, Tony, I know what they value. We've done this exercise. They say, like, I'm super surprised. I never thought that they will they will valuing this kind of stuff about our company. 
So this is the cool part of it. About and, and, and also it's a really cool exercise. So what do we ask them? So this is like some questions that I use in my projects. So first is like, what do you like about working with us? Why do you like working? What do you like about working in our company? And they will explain you the different reasons. You can you can even like answer this. Why what what do you like about working in your company? And you will say, oh, maybe I like the environment. Maybe I'm like I'm learning a lot. Uh, maybe I like the impact I'm having. Maybe I like the freedom that, that I have. Or uh, maybe I like because everybody listens to my opinions and I see this happening. Whatever. So they will explain you. And also, it's really important to get the why. Why they value this? If they say, oh, I value the colleagues I have. Why do you value them? What is special about them? Why here and not somewhere else? Okay, we need to go deep in order to create a really successful value proposition. Other, other questions, what do you value about your peers, your colleagues? What are the things you value? Why do you value them? Or what motivates you to work here? What are the reasons that motivate you? What makes you wake up in the morning and be happy to come work here? Oh, this and this and this. We need these reasons. That's what makes people happy. So we need to know these reasons from them. Because salespeople will say one thing, IT people will say one other thing, marketing people will say another thing. We need to know if we are like retail people, will, they will say another thing. Everybody knows really well why they are working, why they are happy working there, and probably will be different reasons. But we need these reasons. In order, if we need to sell to them, we need to sell them these reasons. Or uh, what interests you the most about this position? What is interesting about this position? Or why you would recommend someone working in our company? Give me three reasons and explain me why. Why you would recommend? These reasons are gold for you. Because they are telling you exactly why you have to tell someone in order to convince them. Okay? So I suggest you to do that. And also are really cool to do these kind of interviews. Because it's the same when you to your boyfriend and your girlfriend. And you can try it tonight if you want. You go, it's like, why do you love me? And you will see that the, 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 the smile that they put in your face and the conversation, the conversation will be super nice. So it's the same. We go to our people in our company and, and you as a CEO, you can go there and say like, hey, why do you like working here? And, and I suggest to do interviews one by one, not in a group because they, they condition themselves. So do it by one, one by one. And believe me, people, they end up these interviews by thanking you for having this interview. They feel appreciated they feel recognized by this interview so do them believe me you will really enjoy it and this is like the, the uh, summarize a uh, really summarized idea of what we will get so this is, was a project i did with um for for tech talent and when i was asking back-end developers about what they love working in that company the people say like oh i love because i'm learning so much people comment on what you're working people help you send you link they're really specific they value the learning part. They value the impact they have. And it's like, why do you value this? Oh, because I'm seeing that ideas that they start from nothing, they, they grow up. Or the challenge, because I'm working in this sector that is really challenging. Why is it challenging? Oh, because we are like developing this kind of, I need to know the whys. Okay, the good atmosphere. What makes you a good atmosphere? Everybody says, we have a good atmosphere. What is a good atmosphere here? Oh. We make constant job, we make memes, and we make, and why is this important? Oh, because that builds our confidence between each other. Uh, you can show yourself vulnerable, and uh, we need these reasons. Because if I want to convince backend developers to work in our company, if I only go with their task and my requirements, I won't convince them. They don't care about this, they care about this. This is the reasons 
your backend developers are happy working with you. So sell them outside. This is the reason you, you convince. So is it like this, the, the salespeople, this is the reason they need in order to, you are, if you're a recruiter, you are salespeople. If you're a CEO trying to hire people for your company, you need to know the value proposition, not just the purpose of why you are wanting to achieve. That's really cool as a company, but we also need the value proposition specifically for the profile. Okay? And this, when we don't have the, the specific buyer persona, uh, the specific candidate that we want to, to interview in our company, we can go on LinkedIn, try to reach people, like the same, I want to interview senior programmers. I need to understand what they value. I don't have them uh, <laughs> or things are sharing like that company is super cool uh, to work in. Obviously, it was uh, if Hortensia, since she said that, um, it, it was Streamlux, the project we did with them, with the with the uh, with the developer from them. So uh, we need this information in order to create a value proposition. Because if I know what they value, if I know that people in the senior programmers what they value is to work in an innovative and modern company. They value uh, to, to have good working hours, to have career projection, they, to be agile. I know, I know what, uh, I, know what um, I can explain to them in order to convince them. And I need to know their worries. What are the things that they are worried about? So I need to know all this information. So, okay, what makes a senior programmer want to change their job? Oh, because they feel standard their work or they work for projects that start from scratch, or they want, they don't leave them, they don't give them opportunity to unleash their creativity. And maybe we, we do offer this. So I need to know these reasons in order that when I write job offers, when I do whatever, I have this information in mind. I need to know what my customer, the candidate, the people that I want to attract and I want to make them love uh, work with us really value. No? And also, like, what is the things that will make us, will make them decide what are their expectations in a new work? All of these reasons. So if I know all of these reasons, I need to talk about these reasons because that is what made me successful. Look at your, the job offers your team creates. Do they talk about all this kind of stuff? This is like an example. Huh? It doesn't mean like you have to talk about this. Uh, so this is, do we talk about this, this, this stuff that people really, cares about working in our company in our project or we talk about the stuff that we want to explain so that is what will make us successful and also the barriers they have also like the, the things that they uh they they don't like during a, a in this case a recruitment project oh they they they, they ask me for a long of a long technical test or we have like a a, a lot of others that are meaningless or the recruiter is really boring and they they don't give me any information about the, the job offer or the company. These are the things that people are worried about. So we need to attack these reasons, okay? And now with all these answers, when we have all these answers, both we can use like the market answers and also like the answer from our people. From Then we gather all together, we gather all the benefits that they all say about working in our company. And there is when we can create the value proposition. But the value proposition is created by the answers of the people, not by what I think from as a CEO or as a manager that the, the value proposition should be. No, the value proposition is created by the, by the people that are already buying your product, the people that are already working for you and they are happy working for you, not what you think, because that's your opinion. That's what you think. 
but not what you really your customer is valuing. So it's important to do the exercise. And, and now we come to create the value proposition. What is the employee value proposition? That sometimes, again, when I listen to talks about in, in, HR, in the HR world, basically, that they talk about always it's really fuzzy. Always it's no employee value proposition is this, is that. Employee proposition is, is um, and now I'm coming back. What is the value proposition? The value proposition is the answer to why somebody should work with you. Is this what are the reasons someone should work for you? That's your employee value proposition for every kind of profile. And you need to have a really powerful employee value proposition for each type of profile you want to attract. And that's that, that, that's it. That's it. So how do I know what people value? By doing the, the candidate personal exercise. Okay. So uh, and at the end, uh, you don't you will only use one value proposition for everyone. We talk about this. We will create different value propositions depending on the different people we want to attract and engage. If we need to attract people from Again, from the sales for the sales department or for the marketing department, we need to create a value proposition for one for the sales department and another one for the marketing department because probably the value proposition will be different. Sales people will value certain stuff and marketing people will value certain stuff, and we need to explain and have like different pitches. The same if you talk to the sales people in your company, they will explain you that they don't have just one only pitch. They have like different pitches uh, for different. Uh, the different customers they have for your product or for your services. So here is the same. So how we create the, what are the different types of employee value propositions? We can have one as a company. We can have one for a team or for a department. And we have, we have one for one position or one profile. And then obviously we can have one for a country. We can have one for types of seniority, for people who are interns. We have, we have different um, employee value propositions. How do we create them? Okay, how do we create them? We create them from bottoms up, not from tops down, bottoms up. So first we create for position. So if I'm hiring people in sales, okay, the SEDR or the sales consultant or whatever is the position, or I'm hiring, I'm, I'm creating value propositions for the IT department. So people come from QA, from backend, from front end, what do they say? So that will be, we'll have one value proposition for each position because when we create job positions, we're creating landing pages. We talk about this in the in the email recruiting um, master uh, master class. But we need these reasons. So all the time we're creating a job position, we're creating a value proposition. Because in the job position, what you're trying to achieve is to convince someone to work for you. That is your goal. When you, it's not to explain all the job offer, it's to explain exactly why somebody should join, should join your company, why should join somebody, somebody should join in that position. So from that positions, I have the backend, front end, and the QA. All the reasons that all of them are the same. So if they value all of them, they value the learning. All of them value the impact. All of them value that will be the value proposition of that department, of the IT department. Because no matter what, in what position you go, that value proposition will be true. That value proposition will be relevant and will be true. The most important thing will be true. If I come tomorrow, and I come for that reasons that you put in your website, for that reasons that you put in your job offer, I, it will be true because that's what people said, not what from HR or from what from the, as a CEO I created or as a manager I created and I, I make a promise that I don't know if it's going to be true or not. No, no, no. I create the value propositions based on what people already said. 
based on what they said. And they are saying it right now, why they are happy right now. So if somebody comes tomorrow, that will be true. And they would love to work for our company. If we have someone that joins our company after a month, they leave, that means that your promise was not true. And sometimes what that happens, a lot of people say, oh, the employer brand sounds super nice, but then what happens is not true. The doing it this way, it's impossible that it's not true because you, you don't you don't even create it. You create it based on the answers of them. So, okay, we have the value proposition of the team, the IT team, and then we gather the different reasons of the different departments and all the reasons that are the same in the, the, the sales team, the marketing team, or the IT team, the reasons that all of them match, if all of them say the same reasons, this is the value proposition of the company. Because no matter in what position you enter, no matter in what department you enter, you will be leaving that experience. Okay, so this is the way we create the value proposition. And that we can create this for countries for... So it's that easy. It's that easy. Believe me, it's that easy. Sometimes it's like, we overcomplicated. No, we need to do super difficult. It's that easy. We need to talk to our people. Okay, <laughs> it's that easy. And then you can create it here like... Uh, Cheers to Streamlots that they, they create a really cool value proposition. They explain it super well specified and, 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 and they, they put the example so you can understand what, what will be the experience by working with them and you communicate it. And, and at the end, the employer brand is, is this, is the, 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 the communication of the promise of the experience you will be living and communication of the different attributes of the, of the, of the um, value proposition. So all the reasons that people tell you about how is it working in your company, that is your employer brand. Okay, this is the, the promise of the experience people will live. And then once you have this defined, it comes, uh, well, now you can attract the, the best talent and have people engage with your company because you will know the reasons why people work in your company. So you have to keep them engaged with these reasons, not trying to do programs, not trying to do, no. You have to reinforce the reasons that people are, why, why people are happy in your company and also like communicate these reasons. And how do we communicate these reasons? With the email recruiting methodology. So employer branding is defining the employer brand, the, the, why they should work with you. And email recruiting is the process of communicating it. And if you want to know how to communicate it, how to attract talent and how to use the different channels, I, I suggest you, and we'll put the link here about the, the other masterclass with about email recruiting, which is the process of communicating. Okay, this is the different pages. I'm gonna put it in, in big. So you then you can you create the career site, the social media, you create the job offers, you do uh, campaigns in social mark uh, in social in social media, you do all them, but with this old material, uh, the candidate experience, everything. Okay, this is the, the main idea. So I hope it was uh, useful. Um, and now we're gonna invite back uh, Mickey here. So and we can discuss and also uh, I would love to have your input what you think if you try any of this and 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 what i don't know well maybe if you got inspired in order to do it i would love to know and what do you think mickey like did you how, how do you see this did you apply any of this when you were like in ta uh because i know that you didn't see this you didn't see this part or maybe we you saw this part in the in the past but maybe not this well explained so what, what is your, your thought on it? Yeah, no, first of all, thanks, thanks so much for, for sharing all this and for the energy. It's, it brings new light to, to the people side of, of the company and it's, it's, always, it's always great to see. But um, yeah, um, I think that I, 
I, I fully agree, you know, like the, the part of having like a a very, so just having a very strong pur purpose on its own does a lot of things. I am talking about the experience that we have here at the African Leadership Group, where we're still on the process of improving our employer brand. Actually, we are, as we speak, doing a, a big initiative, running a big initiative on talking to our people, some of our main, mo most important people within the organization to really understand what attracted them, what's keeping them here, what they value, what frustrates them. So it's a, it's, it's a process that we're following right now and I'll, I'll be happy to share the insights on, on how it goes. All I can say is that people are, like you said, really happy to be asked about these things. So they're really happy to, to dedicate time to this. And so it's, it's like a win-win, like people feel heard, people feel, feel like they have a, a voice in the company, what they, what they feel matters. And at the same time, then the company gets a uh, super valuable information. So I uh, all align on that side. And then going back to the purpose in our company now, we work we've worked for for a long time on employer brand, and now we're we're finalizing some stuff. But in terms of the purpose, it has been always very strong. Most of our people join because of our super impactful purpose, and they knew about our purpose. And, and this is me also. Because our founder did this TED talk back in the day, and it's like uh, it has thousands of views on YouTube. And then I remember when I came into the organization, the the web or the careers page was nothing like too special. We didn't have like anything too developed in terms of our uh, employer brand careers page. We're not very good at communicating this message in a in a structured way in our channels. But having such an impactful purpose that was so well defined. And having somebody who can, you know, push it to the world in just a random YouTube video, and then it can be an article in another place. This just attracted a lot of people without even having like a, uh, you know, the candidate personas uh, really well defined, without having done all the interviews, without having like a very structured careers page. Um, so just like to reiterate the importance of understanding who you are, defining it really well, and then investing into communicating it. And, and it can be done in, in really simple ways, just like a, a YouTube video that then people can access and then it can go viral as well. So that's why I joined the company, because of the purpose. And it wasn't uh, at, the, at the core of a really well-defined employer brand strategy anyway. So Yeah. But because that's what happens sometimes when you start a company that the founder is really passionate about and they do a lot of pitches and they do a lot of presentation. And that is like, that's what really got you and, and, and that's what people makes them join and makes the and, and I see this in companies that they start like doing podcasts as well or these kind of interviews in order to give voice to the people that has like to motivate and has to like seduce these people and I think as a CEO you should be creating this content and uh, because, because at the end like hiring uh, yeah. I think is the one of the, hiring and then keeping the people happy but this this is your job because if you yes. want to people run a successful business, your job as a CEO is making sure that you have the right people at the right places and having the right condition in order to thrive. And this is your job. And you always say the example of Google yeah. that everybody's seeing there. Yeah. And, and so and you are the, the best one in order to communicate why people should join you and what is the purpose of the company. Yeah. Don't leave that just to HR because at the end, it's you. You created the company. You are the the, the, the master of the company. It's like in all, in every organization. It's like in the in the I don't know in religion in the Christian. No, it's the Pope talking 
and it's not like so smaller, I don't know, like Archbishops or whatever that is giving in the St. Peter's Square, like the talk. It's the Pope that goes there, and everybody goes and traveling from all the world to in order to see him. So it's kind of the same. I'm not saying like you should build a, a religion, but almost or a sect, but it's. It's, it's like this. It's a, a lot of people, I'm sure, yeah. goes to work in Apple and they have like this because of Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs maybe is even there, but he had like such strong, you know, message that I think a CEO should be thinking about this. Yeah, and and it's uh, yeah, it's, the the Google example is is really a good one because it was the first time that I saw it in you know black over white on a, on a great book, Word Rules, and and it said. Something like people were dedicating something between four and ten hours a week, um, everybody in average, uh, until Google got to I think it was two thousand employees, twenty thousand employees. Sorry, so this is this is how important it is. And one struggle that we had, yeah, there we go, <laughs> that's the one. Um, and one struggle that we that we faced, uh, or, or that we still face, eh, because it's a it's a continuous journey. It's um, how do you convince people? That that is the right way to to go, no? Just to make hiring uh, and bringing you know great people into your organization uh, a job that is like one for everybody. And I think that when you say it, that's a very good first step. When it's the CEO, which is like communicates this to the company and explains it, and and you know tells everybody why is it important, and and then people understand that okay, I actually want to work with you know people who are super talented. So maybe I can you know give a hand by referring to people that I know that are super talented. So it's just like, at the end of the day, life is a, uh, a game of incentives, and it's a very good incentive for you to be working with great people, no? Uh, so I think that's that's big for its lot. But then, people get caught up in the in the day-to-day -day of the organization, and there's a lot of priorities. There's emergencies. There's like urgency everywhere. They have a lot of things to do, and they have the OKRs, and they, you know the the sprint deadline is coming up. And then people just don't dedicate for 10 hours to hire because they're just doing something else. Because at the end of the day, people are being reviewed. They have performance review coming up. They have deadlines. So people are just focusing on that. What I think is very, very key to just make hiding and bringing the best of the best into the company a common effort is you got to find a way to incorporate hiding into everybody's OKRs. It's the only way because if you do that, you're signaling that that is a common effort. If you just tell the story and you just say it, but then, you know, once I take a look at my performance review, I don't see anything around hiding. And once I take a look at my OKRs, I don't see anything around hiding, but I just, I believe you, I will do my best, but, you know, but once it's there, that's when the game starts to change. Exactly. No, no, it's, it's the same as a CEO trying to build a strategy without talking to customers and not like nobody accountable to the results. You no, know? it's like, oh, let's, we have to sell more, eh? but we don't do anything. And it's like, yeah, but customers, oh, we need to keep the customers engaged, but nobody's doing anything to, to do, you know, the magic won't happen. So I think, and I'm, I'm, luckily I'm seeing a, a switch. I'm saying like this switching, uh, a switch, I mean, I'm seeing this switching that for, I don't know, maybe this year, um, while talking with CEOs and we've been in common conversations, they start worrying now. It's like, okay, we need to do efforts in order to attract people that are strategic to our company. And I cannot rely just on HR, like, hey, that's your responsibility. And I keep my, doing my thing. It's like, no, HR is a partner that, that will help you. But, but you have to define, you have to define the messages. It's the same when you hire a sales 
uh, a sales team. You, when you start hiring salespeople, you need to show them the speech. You need to show them like why people buy them. You have to go with them into meetings with the customers in order to teach them about what is the value proposition. So here's the same. Here's the same. You should be involved into this and, and, and also like creating this content that will like kind of um, seduce both customers and, and, and also like the talent to work for your company. I think like your CEO is an example of that just by doing a TED talk. But you don't need right now a stage in a tech talk to do all at all. But we're, we don't have any stage here. And, and this video is, is being seen for a lot of, by a lot of people. And, and the more if we kind of put it everywhere, imagine you apply to a job offer and I put the CEO, the video CEO explaining the purpose of the company. So you can do a lot of activities in order to, to promote this. And, and I think like, I don't know, CEOs of the companies and managers should be really involved into this. I hope like uh, they, they are. Yeah. And, and, and because at the end, it's in the best interest. I think it's in the best interest to be involved into this. It's like HR uh, at the end is like doing their job, but they, they are the managers are the ones who are going to be managing these people. And so yeah. this is the team that they're building. So if yeah. I don't pick them, I don't do anything, any effort to attract them, um, well, you will going to play, play for with the with the cards that you are given or with the people you are given, but not with the best people you could get. So, um, well, I hope like these kind of talks kind of inspire them in order to take action. I don't know I if, think, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I think that one, um, playing around with the light here. <laughs> Tony is teaching me how to, how to look more professional. Anyway, so I think that one shortcut, now I have a weird shade. One shortcut to just um, improving your employer brand, because I have a very unpopular opinion. I don't know, maybe it's not that unpopular, but I have a, an opinion which is HR maybe needs to, if not disappear, it needs to be trimmed down quite a bit. My opinion is that when you want to attract lots of talented people for a department, it's, it sometimes might be easier to just attract them to a customer experience department or customer success department, to a marketing department, to an operations department. So I know that there's some tasks that needs to need to remain on in, in talent or HR or people, however we want to call that. But if I'm a CEO and tomorrow I want to change my employer brand, I don't look into the pool of people who are doing employer brand. Well, I can do that. But let me give you my unpopular opinion. How about if I have a marketing and branding department, which, you know, changes are I do, how about I just, within that department, either I mm, reorient someone to focus for a given sprint on employer brand, or I just do that and then on top of that, I bring another marketing or branding um, expert into the team or a contractor, whatever I want to do. But I can just do that. And there's a lot of, you know, super talented people who have seen not just HR, they have seen like marketing and branding for many things, for many sectors, for, for different industries that have a lot of experience, are really talented, and they can just create a kick-ass employer brand in no time. Well, they just like watch your, your videos and your, and your course for some context. But beyond that, it's, uh, it's a very good way to do it. You just get like your marketing and branding department, somebody was looking at this, and, and that's it. And I think that this applies. Uh, I was in the past managing director and CEO for, for some of the rocket companies. 
And if I try to think about it now, it's like, you, you think about HR and it feels like old. It feels like I don't have a lot of talent to search from in this specific area. I, how am I going to you know, now create a team that just like develops a kick-ass employer brand? Well, maybe uh, what you need to do is start to think about a new way to do things. And I think that once you just think about employer brand as brand, the same things that you're doing for your company, you're just trying to sell to your customer, you're doing marketing, and at the same time, you're, you're rebuilding your brand as a company, you're doing a new kick-ass website, and just do the same. Do the same. It's different. Like you said, it's a different buyer persona. We call it candidate persona. That's it. It's a different buyer persona. And that's everything it. Else, everything else is the same. So whoever is watching and either they work in an HR department or they work like managing any team or managing any company, I think that it's the, it's the shortcut they can apply. And this applies for other stuff too. Like uh, I'm now working in people experience. I could be working within the customer success team or whatever. And then there would be a lot of synergies because I got I have this guy next to me who's caring about the experience of our you know customers. And I'm focusing on the experience of our internal customers or staff members. And then we talk to each other, we share all this knowledge, and then we just like advance together. And sometimes it feels like HR is too isolated. And in terms of moving forward the employer brand, uh, it just got to be more connected to whatever we're doing in terms of marketing and employer uh, and brand, sorry, in the overall company. I remember, and, and last thing I want to say, when we were pushing our new website in our company, um, I had to fight to incorporate in that work stream, to incorporate stuff for the careers page. Because that was, you know, that was like secondary. It was like, okay, we'll do this later. Well, we're now we're focusing on the customers because, you know, it's like, man, <laughs> it's not less important, but but it seems like it's different. It seems like it's separate because it's actually separated in the company. And if it's all together, and we just understand that it's like, okay, maybe we have a segment A of customers. We have a segment B of customers, and then we have a segment C, which is our internal customers. And we basically do different strategies, but we, we tackle it all at the same time with the same importance. I think we're going to move faster. And it's not HR fault because HR wants the help of marketing because the way I see it is like, okay, for one customer, that is the customer that is buying the services of the product, we have a marketing department, a sales department, and a customer success department. So we have three departments working for just one customer. And then we expect HR to do everything for them. And, and, and also like the finance part. No, you have to do it. So one department to do everything and we expect people to be able to do marketing, to be able to do sales, to be able to do customer success, to be able to do like financing. With and, and sometimes we have more employees than many customers, so it's like right. we go and we expect them to know about everything. It's like okay, uh, you have like a, a Swiss knife, and and that a lot of time doesn't work. So instead of yeah. like trying to do this, instead of like trying and push initiative more and more, because at the end when HR has the initiative that there's some people, some, some teams they have, has the initiative to start wanting to do employer branding strategies because they hear to us. They go to marketing and say, hey, let's share social media channels. No, 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 they're our own. It's like, I, oh, I want to do something in the website. No, 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 no. They're like, it's like, okay, so you are running me all the channels that we need to share because at the end it's like the channels we have to communicate. Uh, and you don't even, no, it's not you don't want to do it. It's like you don't even let me do it. So, and in and the end, all the knowledge about marketing is the marketing team that has it. All the knowledge yeah. about how to keep customers or how to even sell, like at the end, uh, what recruiters do, 
if I headhunters, what they do is sales. Like they do the same strategies as yeah. salespeople do. It's like they, they try to find the ideal customers, they reach to them, they try to close meetings and try to close a and sell a product. They are salespeople. And imagine now to the salespeople say, you now have to build a website, you now have to uh, do campaigns in social media, now you have to uh, write the landing pages, now you have to keep, once they join, you have to design and onboard it. And say, like, well, my job is to. <laughs> You know, yeah. but, also, but this is this is what is not working. We expect yeah. one one department to do everything, and instead yeah. of leveraging the knowledge we already have, like there are companies that have like amazing marketing departments, but they apply zero effort, zero effort into the customer that is the talent we need to uh, have in the company. So yeah. at the end, it's like, hey, we should yeah. work and partner with them. But I think again, what you said, we need to integrate hiring into the strategy of everyone. If yeah. not, it's like a fight between marketing and between HR with all the other departments. Yeah. And this fight, I think, is, uh, is, is, is well, I think it's a lost fight already. So uh, if they don't believe it, because it's like, okay, I'm not comfortable for you. Nobody's believing in that, so whatever. But then they are the ones paying it and they were complaining if HR is not delivering. So for me, it's like a really weak <laughs> kind of department. And I, and I understand that people get really frustrated about it. It's the it's if, if you listen to to HR professionals, they will most likely one hundred percent tell you uh, we we don't have capacity, uh, we don't have enough resources, um, and we don't have enough budget. And I think that you know if if this would be incorporated into the the main work streams of like the brand for the company, the marketing of the company, ops. I think it would be much much easier to to have access to to, to resources, to budget, etc. No, because the, it's kind of like the HR department is like, okay, I give you one for you, one for you, one for you, and then at the end, okay, whatever is left, okay, give it to HR and let's see. And it's it's very often just uh, it, it's really frequent to see that the the budget that marketing has to grow a social media page, like you were saying, is much larger than the one that that the HR team has. No, so it's. Sometimes it's, it doesn't make sense. And then we complain about, uh, okay, so the process, we have broken processes and broken employee data all over the place. But do you have like Kika's ex-consultants coming from, I don't know, McKinsey's or Bain's or whatever, working in strategy and operations? And, and then you have data analysts working on data for employees. <laughs> have them work on that too. Uh, you have the people in your organization. You just choose to separate HR and then understaff it. And not just understaff it, HR has a huge burden, which is having to uh, focus on recruitment. And the other day I was talking to a company, they got to 1,000 employees, and every, like 99% of the tasks that the HR people were doing in that team were talent acquisition. They were just focused on that. And then when you have so much in your plate and such a focus in talent acquisition, and then they tell you, okay, do employer brand. Uh, work on your candidate persona. Uh, find out about your employee value proposition. Then, oh my God, you have a broken process here. Now try to Im improve this communication with candidates. Then the data that you're bringing from the people, it's it's not good, this data. Uh, and I don't have any reports or analysis, to, but they can't. They don't have the, the knowledge, the resources, the budget, and it's so easy to solve without even having to hire outside that it just blows my mind. That, uh, that we, we're still not doing it today. So people is necessary, our people department, 
probably has like specific, like you, you need to keep a few people doing that specifically. But like you say, eh, other than that, whatever we're doing on sales, we can apply for candidates, whatever we're doing on marketing, branding, ops. So maybe it's the, and sorry we digressed a little bit from the employer brand, but. Uh, no, but no, at the end it's a good conversation because it's like the, what the pilot, the pillars in order to make this happen is, is this, is like to, in order to business to believe it. And, yeah. and luckily what we talk about today, it's all free. Like you can interview your own people for free and, yeah. and get at least to know. And, and even though you don't apply anything, you cannot build a career site. You are the one writing the job offers. You can apply this information. You are the one reaching to candidates. You can apply this information. Or you are the one building your uh, internal communication. So you know what your people value. So in, when you communicate now, try to put more uh, like the relevant, uh, the, the relevant things that they value, they care about. Try to yeah. match everything you're doing to this value proposition. Because you know that your people is working in your company. They love working in your company for the other reasons. Make sure you reinforce that reasons all the time. Don't, yeah. don't share what you love. Share what they love. Okay? That is the key thing. Because if not, sometimes when we design internal communication, uh, we, we think, ah, I think that's cool. And we reinforce ourselves in HR sometimes because it's HR or internal communication team or whatever. And we it's like, yeah, yeah, let's communicate. Do, do, this is relevant to the people that we're going to be communicating this. Or maybe we should link it to what they think is relevant. And that is like the, the, most, the best way to keep people engaged. And when people say like, how, Tony, how do you keep engaged and people loyal to your company? This is the way, knowing what, why they love working with you and reinforce yeah. that and reinforce and that and reinforce that. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, that just stepped down as CEO of Amazon, and now step into this like a chair position. Uh, I don't know exactly the name, executive chair. Uh, he said, "Look, I managed to get Amazon to be the most customer obsessed company in the world, as he likes to call it." And, and it's true. They did a lot of things around customer obsession. And then he said, as my first and foremost task of my new role, I want to make it the most um, employee-centric um, as well and have both coexist. And, yeah. and there's some people express some, some concerns because, you know, is some, like, is putting effort or focus on to one going to cannibalize the other in any way? And he's like, no. Like the same way that Amazon Web Services and our e-commerce uh, just coexist in our company and both bring us a lot of good things. And these two things have to coexist as, as well. And I just realized this now, and that's going to be my focus now. And I cannot wait to start working with our, he didn't say, you know, HR team. He said like with my operations team to start like putting up uh, ideas and start to testing them and, and start improving there. So I think that this is, this is the the way forward. And I remember some of the examples that you gave in the past. And going back to Amazon, when you make a purchase on Amazon, it's like you said, like it's like, it, it has to be one click. I need to like uh, videos and pictures so that it's like super easy for me to see the value and then no friction. And then you try to apply, I don't know on Amazon, I, I didn't do test, but you try to apply for some of the companies that have it so easy for people to see the value of their products and to have it so easy to just like buy the products. And then you try to buy another product, which is like start working for the company. And that's uh, all of a sudden is like the most difficult in the world to do. Like instead of having a one click button, you have it like, uh, you know, on the dark side of the moon, super tiny. And it's like, okay, if this would be in charge, if this would be on the plate of the rock star that created the one click button, Amazon, 
I think that they were ideating a, a, a thing that you put it in your house and whenever, you know, toilet paper, you ran out of toilet paper, it automatically buys it directly and then they ship it to you. It's like, okay, we maybe don't have to get to this level and there's some differences always, but whoever owns that would not allow for the work with us button to be on the dark side of the moon. I guarantee you that. So it's it's like a couple of shifts in like the mentality and in the way we design organizations, going back to the, to the way we design organizations. That if you just implement that, you just like shape the HR world and you kind of like bring this revolution of like HR is not something that it's dark and teak and nobody really wants to do. HR is like the most important thing in the company because without happy people, engaged people, there's no happy and engaged customers. So it's like it's part of the same journey of, of customer obsession. It's just like the beginning of that journey. But if you just, you know, you, you forget about it, and just assume that it's not connected, then everything else just starts to fall apart. Um, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We think there are different companies and they are not. So like the same people that goes into Amazon to buy products and the same people go and apply to a job offer, they have an experience with Amazon in general. So that's why, and, and one hurts the other, believe me. Yeah. And they, the thing is like people in business don't think that one hurts the other, but in some companies, the HR in their job positions manage more people, more leads. They have a bigger community than the community of leads or, or the potential customers. So it's like here and more like retail companies, B2C companies, it's like you have a huge opportunity to delight possible customers in the candidate journey or in the candidate experience, uh, starting with your career side. So uh, uh, we, cannot, we cannot forget this. And I hope like people listening to this talk uh, at least can be like an inspiration or they can like be maybe agreeing to with that and have like the strength to go talk to some people and say, hey, let's let's start doing this. Let's start giving five percent of our effort, weekly effort, into start going into that direction. I hope like that's the change we want to make. How many times have you gone to a company to convince them that they have to work on their employer brand? Well, that's uh, but I, I don't go and convince them. Well, well, what the thing is like when I go and I talk to them. Because I do like LinkedIn, today I was doing a LinkedIn training. No? I do LinkedIn trainings for salespeople or marketing teams as well, because that's my, my, my real background. My background is marketing and, and digital marketing. Then when I make the link into the agreement, because obviously, like I said, like, oh, and talent attraction needs to be doing this. They see it and they say like, yeah, that's true. How it? But then like from that conversation, we'll see what happened. But from that conversation, like they, they, okay, now we're building the website. What you said, exactly what you said. Well, let's first improve the part for our customers and then we will, we will do yeah. the, the other one. No, it's like, oh, we do a lot of creativities, a lot of stuff for, for our customers, but for our, for our candidates, let's do like a template and you use the same template for all the year. It's like, what? You know, but this is what's happening. So luckily, uh, now I see more companies are coming to me. It's like, Tony, okay, we're really struggling to attract talent. Sometimes they don't know they need to be working on the player brand. They, they have intuitions, but it's what, what is the, the customers I'm having right now, they say like, Tony, we're really struggling about finding good talent, convincing good talent, convincing tech talent or young people. And we are really struggling with this. People is happy working with us. This is the, the first step. You have to have happy people working with you, but the world doesn't know it. So that's it. When I help them, like do this exercise I share with you, 
we create the candidate personas, we create the value proposition, and then we start communicating. We need a website, we need social media, and then I, I, I sit down with marketing and I talk to them and say, hey, this is key. And also that reinforce your marketing activities for your customers because the like sharing employer brand content helps sales content because it generates more engagement and humanize the brand and people love to see the people behind the brand because more and more the personal brand of the people who work in a company are more and more important not just the brand itself so uh that is that is the, the what's happening and but i need to sit down with marketing i need to show them the value they have and and then they commit and we do like a, a service level agreement kind of thing it's like okay you should send us the but they see it more still like a transactional thing because they they don't if you don't get them really involved and really feeling that this is important they will be doing it because obviously the company bought a project and there's a consultant explaining and when you reason to them they cannot say no because it's obvious but then in the day to day they're gonna be like well whatever like uh if you don't if you don't send it to me i want i won't come after you saying hey hey you have to send me this like whatever you know and so it's important that the the first months I work with the I set up a plan, I set up a calendar, we prepare everything. So the first, the first three, two, three months, we have a calendar and we make sure that happens in order to build the habit and then like uh, everything starts working. But, but you need to sit down with them and, and, and make them buy the project first. Because if yeah. not, you explain to this, they say it's nice, but they keep going with their own stuff. You know, they say, oh, they just, this is a jar stuff. And, and, yeah. and that's, that, that's the thing. But, but that's a change. Still, HR has to push a lot because a lot of there is more work for them, and they say like I'm I'm not able to do this work. Somebody exactly. has to do it. Marketing doesn't want to do it. So there's a there's a, a a market opportunity here uh, yeah. for like being freelancer for uh, social media for HR teams. So if anyone wants to work in in this, let me know because I'm looking for freelancers who wants to kind of do employer branding for companies because I'm, I'm sure like HR people will be like super gladly to pay a fee for uh, for people who managing their social media and not having to worry about this. So uh, job opportunity here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was asking you because it would not, it not be, it would not be, it would be hard to imagine that you have to go to a CEO and convince him or her that, you know, you have to work on your brand. And they tell you, uh, you know, nah. Like everybody assumes that it's important to work on your, on your brand or marketing, unless you know it's a company that does the, a product that is of such quality that is like 10x the quality of the, of the competitors. It's like, look, no brand, no marketing. I still sell because my <laughs> my quality is like so you know much better, and my price is like the same or less. That's the only way in which uh, I see a CEO saying, look, I don't want to work in this. It's not my priority. But when it comes to the other side, then it's like, no, no, this is not a priority. And the funny thing is that people beat ideas and anything else uh, every day of the week. So if you just bring the best, they will make your ideas great. They will make everything else work, even the brand for the company. Um, and whereas where you have great ideas, but average people, they will find a way you know, to make those ideas suck. So it's, it's just so important. And unless there's also a possibility in which and you don't need to work on your employer brand and to attract the best people. It could be if you're paying 10x 
the, the, the amount that your competition is paying and you're giving remote work and flexible work and you know, uh, you have, uh, have, everything is perfect so that even if you don't work in the brand, everybody just wants to work for you. But since this, this is not a situation for like 99% of the companies, it, it might be interesting to make an investment there. So whenever you call it HR, it goes at the end of the queue. Let's not call it HR, let's be smarter. Um, so I think that that's that's the change in paradigm. And and whenever this also to attract talent for for working on HR things. So working on employer brand, we can call it that it's a people thing, no? If you tell a marketing professional or somebody who's starting the career five five years into the career, you have to go into the HR department to work. Maybe there will be a bit. Oh my God, I'm specializing too much. I don't know. Uh, but if you just go to work for 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 the marketing or the brand department just focusing on this for now you know that whatever you're doing now it's transferable skills that you will be able to leverage on whatever else you decide to do later so you don't have to classify yourself so it's even easier to attract pe great people to work on your employer brand if you're not attracting them uh, to work for the hr department but but anyways we went through the rabbit hole <laughs> but uh but i just i just think that it's like uh, such an easy way for for you or other people like you or us to not having to convince anyone to work on their employer brand because this is just working on the brand. You have more, normally in a company you can have more than one buyer persona. It's nothing that weird. Yeah. The same way you have, and sometimes you're even selling B2C and B2B. So the same way you have different types of customers, that's another ring. When you have, when you have a community, you have rings, no? The outer ring might be your investors, then you can have customers, then you can have, and at the core, it's the employees, and then maybe at the core of the employees, it's the executive team and then the founder. So it's just one more ring. You're just doing branding for that other ring, yeah. you have to for this ring too. It's like nothing else changes. But anyways, that's uh, that's what I wanted to say here, but thanks so much, Tony, for sharing all this. It's been great. Oh, it's, it's cool, it's, it's good, the, the conversation we we had, we didn't expect this. So it's, it, it's good, and, and I think that the companies that excel, they, they really believe in that. Because, and I just want to leave with one last example. So I was uh, here like in a restaurant from Juban. Juban is a well-known uh, restaurant and well chef that is have different restaurants. And, and we went there with a couple of friends and they were saying like, oh, how nice are the bartenders? And one of them that is, is from here, he said like, oh, he brought that bartenders from other restaurants in order to work here. Because he, he wanted to make sure that the experience, so he's, he knows that the, you can have the best product, you can have the best decoration, but you need also, also the best people in order to give the best experience. So he makes sure, he's making sure that everybody who works in the restaurants fits the standard and he's not like relying on, okay, I'm opening here in a new city, let's see who do we have. It's like, no, no, I want the best, so let's pick the best from the different restaurants, let's train everyone and make sure we have the best people working. And and and, and they will tell me like they are super uh, exigent and really kind of um, how do you say like uh, well, with a high standard about this. But that's what makes them excel. And you really feel it. You go there and from the very beginning, you feel like the experience of the bartenders is different. How they approach to you. How do and there are things that they can be trained, but. Is having the focus and having the the focus of the founder. The founder saying like, "Hey, I the good thing about bringing super good people is that, like Steve Jobs says, it's self policing. They bring more good people. Good people, really talented people, don't want to work with average people. 
was like, I'm, I'm bored if I work with average people. So it, you bring great people and it's a ripple effect that expands, expands, expands. And then you don't even know, like you as a CEO, you could be in Bahamas and you know that people are being intentional, have ownership and they, great things are, are, are being done and customers are being taken care of because you have just the best people on your seats. No? So it's the, it's the start of the journey. Uh, having happy customers, it doesn't start by having a great uh, customer success department. It starts by having the best people and that starts by having a great people success department, I guess, or a great employer brand. So, so yeah, well, uh, thank you everyone. I will say if you want a written summary of this talk, subscribe in our newsletter. I'm gonna, just going to put it again here uh, in our website. If you want to watch uh, the past quarant master classes, you can go to our YouTube channel. Uh, like the continuation of the talk will be like the inbound recruiting talk, but you know our framework. So if you want to know how to define the value proposition, how to define your values, and then once you have the employees, how to define a, a framework, you know, the power framework that you were sharing the other day, or, or how to do like uh, the predictive hiring. So we have different, I would say quarant master classes volumes. So you can, you can really follow them. And, and also, if you want a written version, you have the written version in our website as well, in our blog. So we have like written summaries of all the talks. And if you don't want to miss any of these talks, uh, you can subscribe. The only emails we send is one with the written summary and another one like uh, announcing the next talk. That's all. So uh, we are happy, happy to, give, to receive your feedback. If you have any feedback, if you have any comments, if you have anything like, and we would love to receive your love as well. And Miki, thank you. Thank you again very much uh, for your input, for the conversation. And thank you all for, for being here. See you in two or three weeks for the next Quality Masterclass. Thank you, Tony, for the energy, for all the knowledge. And, and thank you all for staying home. I'll see you soon.